Hello and welcome to a mini episode of Writing the Schoolies. This is going to be a small interlude into some amusing things that children have said when I've been teaching them. Just a reminder that if you would like to support the pod in any way, you can follow me on social media. That is at SchooliesPod. If you would like to support the pod in any financial sense, you can sign up for my Patreon. There are different tiers, or you can make a custom pledge, and that gets you some extra content, and it does mean that I will read a poem of your choice on the pod, including a little bit of a lesson about it. If you just want to get in touch, you can do that on all of my social media. I'm always really happy to hear from people, regardless of if they're saying, we like the pod, we think it's rubbish, die, I don't mind. And while I'm here... I'd like to give a little bit of a shout out because they've been so kind and have shouted me out on their podcast quite a lot and that is the What is Cream Soda podcast. The What is Cream Soda podcast is by a pair of total saddos who are sitting around talking about random things but actually in a very amusing and quite telling way and they spend quite a lot of time discussing things that I've never really thought about before but now I'm forced to. They've covered all things from Mark Zuckerberg being an alien, to post-it notes, to which Pokemon would potentially beat one of them up. It sounds particularly sad and niche, and that's because it is, but it is also very good. And of course, I'm biased because I am the teacher, (laughs) or former teacher now, of one of those hosts. And it's really great to see other people getting out there, especially young people doing podcasts, because podcasting was a thing when I was their age, only just. Uh, but I wouldn't have had the confidence of, in any way, shape or form to have done this when I was their age. So all credit to them and all power. So that is what is Cream Soda. Give them a listen. And now on with the pod. When you are standing in front of 30 kids trying to keep their attention at all times, you sometimes have to play it by ear. You can't plan for when kids say silly stuff. And I know some practitioners that might decide that, oh, it's inappropriate, I can't possibly have them doing that. I think sometimes it's just bloody hilarious. And so at the very back of my planner, I have a little blank space. And it's the one part of my planner that used to stay completely blank. And then I thought, ah, you know what, why don't I keep a little record of these? It's on the desk. And very quietly and surreptitiously, After a kid said something amusing, I will write it down, there and then. Obviously, there'll be some people gnashing their teeth saying I should be teaching them. I don't know, I think at that moment, if they're getting on with the task, it's totally justified. Anyway, it's my planner, I do what the bloody hell I like. And so here is a selection from my career so far. I'll give the name where it's appropriate, and I won't when it isn't. Occasionally I will corpse because I see them out of context and I know exactly what they mean. So I'll start off with a year 11 girl who I used to teach who was writing an essay and asked me a question middle of the essay. Now you've got to remember that it's very quiet at this point in the classroom. And she'd asked me for a reminder, which she's not supposed to do, but she was this kind of girl. She asked me for a reminder of what it was that the Ghost of Christmas present was sprinkling over the people of London. And I was just about to say, it's the Christmas spirit. And she went, was it incest? Was he sprinkling incest on everybody? Of course, I completely freeze. I go, no, no. And then she went, 
oh wait no incense and I went well yeah kind of like an incense and I sort of had to go back to my desk and just hold in this guffaw so that that changed the entire um, stave of that particular part of a Christmas carol I also had a year nine girl once divulge that the nickname that her mum chose for her sister was Cannonball which was quite amusing given that her sister was a rather rotund little thing I happened to also teach this girl, who was a bit younger than this year nine, and I said, oh god, is this a known nickname? Am I allowed to mention it? She went, oh no, don't mention it to her, she'll go ballistic. Honestly. One year seven once asked me about my personal life, and said, so you're not married, are you? And at the time, I wasn't, and I said, no, no, that's, that's true. And he went, so what does that make you then? Does that make you a spatula? Also once doing, with this very same class doing Our Day Out by Woody Russell. There was a there, there, there was a, a stage direction where Briggs, the main teacher, very authoritarian, is supposed to walk up the bus aisle and speak to the other teachers conspirationally. And because it was near the end of term, we were doing this play and it was all a bit irreverent, a bit silly, I'd asked one of the students to read out the stage directions to try and help us to everybody to get involved, you know. And this girl, bless her, she said, Briggs walks up constipationally. <laughs> which changed which changed the entire meaning of that moment. It would explain why he was so uptight, I suppose. Then we also just have an astounding lack of general knowledge from the youth of today. I asked who won the Battle of Hastings. Somebody shouted Napoleon. I asked people about what quatrains were. Not knowing that they probably wouldn't know that, and I said, oh, "Come on now, okay, what's the Spanish for four? Oh, a kid just shouts, "Hola!" And then, of course, we've got people misreading things. Misreading the titles of poems is a really good one. You've got uh, Ted Hughes's "Hawk Roasting" and Wilfred Owen's "Anthem for Domed Youth." Also, somebody once genuinely didn't understand what tautology was, and they thought it was the study of tortoises. I'd make a joke about slow learners here, but no. Every now and again, it's easy as a teacher to score a real own goal and invite something in that you didn't mean to invite in. And in this case, it, these ones are, are on me. So at the register, I like to play a funny game. I say fun. It's, it's not really. It's fun for me. It breaks up the tedium of a five-period day. Plus, it means I get to know the kids, and this game is simple. Instead of saying, yes, sir, which is a bit dull, I like to say, tell me your favourite chocolate bar. Go. And, you know, you, you, you go down the list as quick as you can. Tell me your favourite film. Go. Tell me the name of the book you're reading right now. And then you can sometimes mix it up if they're a class that seem to be quite game and quite interested. And I said, OK, um, tell me the name of your favourite film but replace one of the nouns in the title with a product that you have for breakfast. And this particular class were very, very sweet, year eight at the time, and very bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, always up for this sort of thing, and you had some amusing things like you, me, and scrambled eggs, or the devil wears crumpets, you know, some, some funny and quite witty stuff. And then we got to a lad who I shan't name, but was the quietest, most studious little thing. Never ever in trouble for anything. 
So you'll imagine my surprise when he's decided to take a well-known pork-based breakfast item and change it for the film Daddy's Home. I never quite got that class back after that. I was similarly wrong-footed with a different class once where, going through the register, I asked them what their favourite biscuit was. One girl in this class was infamously indecisive and just could not make up her mind about anything. It became a bit of an in-joke. So we got there and said, right, Ruby, go, what's your favourite biscuit? And she went, oh, I don't know. And everyone groaned. And I went, come on, Ruby, quickly, you know. And she goes, well, I really, really like hobnobs. And I really, really like jammy dodgers. Can I just have both of them? And I went, well, no, I guess you could combine them. And the second I said it, the words as they were evaporating into air in front of me, I looked around the room and saw several kids' eyes go very wide. And that was it. No, 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 no. And suddenly, of course, amid the hilarity, I could overhear people shouting things like jam knobs, knob jams, knobby jammers, jammy knobbers. To this day, I can't look a packet of hobnobs in the eye without blushing. And then, of course, you have some amusing just missayings, which are, uh, are, are, well, are well done, and you know the kids didn't mean them, which makes them even funnier. I asked the class what a ballad was, and a kid said, isn't that in a car park? And then another kid, no, hang on, isn't that when you vote? I then asked some of my year nines once to explain what a poetic technique was. I'd put I'd put it up on the board. Yeah, the the clue here was it was a metaphor. And I'd even like got a hangman style thing to sort of had an M at the start and an an R at the end. And this one lad just put his hand up and said, Is it a fetish? And I was like, No. No it isn't. He went, What is a fetish? I was like we're not that we're not doing that right now ask your parents uh, and then of course there are just moments in classic novels which you find yourself cracking up at because some kid somewhere has ruined it for you the line from a christmas carol cratchit had arrived home rampant always gets a laugh of course you overhear things from other colleagues one student in someone else's class used to carry a lucky piece of wood around with him for uh, exams and mock exams. And he asked her, with a straight face, if she would mind touching it. So, touch my wood has become a bit of a phrase. I then have moments where I can't help myself because I'm looking at somebody going, you're not serious, you're not serious. I used to teach a lad who, bless him, English wasn't his first sort of skill. It was his first language, but it was not his first skill. He'd grown up speaking it, but sort of by osmosis, really. And he used to use a laptop, and he would sit there with his laptop open and would say, let me just log in, sir. And I'd be waiting for quite a long time for him to do this. It would appear he'd be typing away some sort of magnum opus. And then he'd go, right, right, I'm logged on now, sir. And I went, out of interest, how long is your password? And he goes, 26 letters. I was like, you're joking. Why is it 26 letters? And then there was a pause. And I went, your password isn't the alphabet, is it? And he went, oh no, I'm going to have to change it now. 
He then told me he didn't actually know the alphabet until year nine, which I could believe. And then you just have some moments that are completely misunderstood. At the register, asking kids what their favourite part of Christmas dinner was, and somebody said, my family. So there you have it. You know, we might not get paid enough. We might be maligned by the media for being a bunch of overpaid, underworked, lefty, Marxist scumbags trying to turn all the kids, I don't know, gay or worse, humanitarian. Take all those things out of the way. We are sometimes privileged because we get to hear the youth of today spouting total, total rubbish. And it's always fun to remind them of it when they're older. This has been the Writing the Schoolies podcast, and I'm your host, Mr. James. Follow me in September for some more beefy episodes where I interview people from all walks of life about their time at school. If you've enjoyed this episode, like I say, do get in touch. Thank you, and enjoy your summer holidays. If, if you have them, that is. If you don't have them, and you're listening to this thinking, F*** you, Mr. James, F*** you and your stupid f***ing face having all the f***ing holidays, you f***wad, then all I'll say is, hey, come and join the ranks of teaching, I'll help you write the form. Bye now.